Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today I have the largest teachers' unions in the country saying the quiet part out loud next on Living with Liberty. The National Teachers Unions are doing their part to make sure that parents continue to pull their kids from the indoctrination facilities known as public schools. The two largest teachers unions in this country have said the quiet part out loud and acknowledged, and uh, even, dare I say, flaunted, the fact that they support the teaching of critical race theory-based curriculum and that they will teach it in the face of state bans against it. Now, of course, both of them have since backpedaled from making the, from when they made those statements, but the quiet part has now been said out loud, and there is no reason to believe either union has had a change of heart because they have gone back on their positions. The National Education Association's union members voted to promote CRT and has argued that it is appropriate to teach children. The NEA has adopted a new business item that uh, also clearly states that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 project. This teacher's union is giving every parent with a child in a school where they represent the teachers a double-barreled middle finger. They are saying that we don't care what you, the parents, want your kids to learn. We don't care what you, the parents, think your kids should learn. We are going to jam divisive and debunked curriculum down your kids' throats. Many states have already passed laws against CRT and the 1619 Project, but the left is emboldened. They don't care. They feel that they have the support of the federal government and even some state governments to do as they please. They've taken the uh, rhetoric and, in some cases, inaction of governments uh, as a, uh, a sign that they should go ahead with this that ideology trumps actual truth and, uh, you know, decent uh, modes of education here. Other resolutions that the NEA took up recently include pairing up, partnering with Black Lives Matter at school and the Zen Education Project to rally in honor of George Floyd's birthday and to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression. Now, the Zim Education Project is another one of these just divisive uh, groups that is going about, that puts curriculum out there, that teaches falsehoods about American history and is as uh, anti-American as you can get. I'm not going to go into great detail. That's probably high enough level for, for my points here, but... Uh, go in and look at them more. They're another one of these groups, anti-American Marxist theology groups. Now, I ask, based on this, why they're taking, why is the NEA taking up resolutions on this stuff that has nothing to do with educating kids? What does George Floyd's birthday 
have to do with educating our children? What are they going to learn uh, about George Floyd's birthday by, by celebrating George, George Floyd's birthday? What, what do kids learn about that? Nothing. What does George Floyd's birthday have to do with making sure our students are able to compete in the world marketplace with the likes of China, who, by the way, are not screwing around with the stupid woke ideology. They are putting their kids through the paces and have been for years and years and years, as have a lot of other Asian countries. And, you know, even to, to a certain extent, probably some European countries as well, putting their kids through rigorous uh, acad uh, academic studies with the intent of kicking our ass on the world stage. What does George Floyd's birthday and celebrating that have to do with our ability to, to turn out educated students who are able to keep this country on top of the world stage? What do lessons in structural racism and oppression have to do with educating children and prepping them for a global economy? Now, the answer to this, of course, is nothing. Neither has anything to do with education and everything to do with creating the next wave of rage robots. The NEA isn't even hiding the fact that they don't care about the students. They only care about what will bring them political clout. And they have determined that teaching kids to hate themselves and that celebrating a felon is what will accomplish that for them. Here's the obligatory, what happened to George Floyd was wrong, should have never happened. But let's be real here about how we are lifting up St. George Floyd in the eyes of, of our kids. We are replacing the likes of our American heroes with felons. What does that do for us in prepping our kids for the world stage? Also, true to leftist form and the leftist turn, our educators, they made it long ago, but where they're sitting today, the, 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 the far left, our educators, and especially their unions, are sitting. The NEA resolved to create lists of organizations who opposed their views of teaching critical race theory to our children. Now, ostensibly, these lists would be used to try and intimidate anyone that happens to land on them by going after things like people's livelihoods, their jobs, smearing them in the community. And maybe they use those lists to make it difficult for those people's kids in schools that are opposing their uh, the NEA's resolution and desire to, to jam critical race theory down our kids' throats. If it wasn't apparent after the pushback that the unions had in getting back into uh, the schools and back to in-person instruction, it should be abundantly clear now. These unions, these teachers' unions, have no interest in actually educating our children and actually doing what's what's best for our children, giving them a, a breadth of knowledge and the, the truthful knowledge and, and the instruction that they need to be successful in a world economy. 
this all should be abundantly clear now. They've said the quiet part out loud. We're going to do this whether you parents like it or not. And if you don't like it, we're going to put you on a list and we're going to call you all kinds of nasty names. And we might even submit these lists and lies to places like your employer or your, put it on, on social media out where your community can see it because you opposed us. The, the time for these tech to be afraid of these tactics is over. You start standing up to these bullies like this and they'll back down. If you show that you don't care and the most dangerous thing is, and I think people are getting to this point, the most dangerous thing to people like, or groups like the NEA, to groups like Black Lives Matter that do these smear campaigns, the most dangerous thing is someone who just doesn't care anymore and keeps talking and that's where we need to be. I don't care about their list. If they come and they put me on a list with all the fighting I'm doing locally here, I don't care. Big deal. You call me a name, so what? You put me on your little list, I don't care. Now, the second teachers, uh, second largest teachers union in the country, the American Federation of Teachers, has a similar story on what they're doing. Uh, the president there, Randy Weingarten, who I, I if I remember correctly, is kind of buddy-buddy with the, the Biden administration. And I think they were one of the ones that uh, laid out the, the CDC's recommendations uh, for uh, reopening and, and uh, the schools and the COVID guidelines and all that fun stuff. She tweeted this out. I quote, critical race theory allows educators to give our students the opportunity to understand the full breadth and depth of the American society. And then she followed it up with this tweet. Critical race theory isn't divisive. It's an irreplaceable lens with which we can view our difficult history. She's either a useful idiot in propagating CRT for whatever uh, leftist masters are running things from the Democrat party on down through these teachers unions, or she herself is a straight up propagandist. In what world is a divisive curriculum that teaches kids to hate themselves, that teaches kids that they are either an oppressor or oppressed, and that's all based on their skin color, how is that an irreplaceable lens with which we can view our difficult history? How does teaching a group of people, they must hate themselves for something they had absolutely nothing to do with, help us come to grips with our past? How does teaching that erase what this country has done to prevent these things from happening again? The goal of history is to learn from it and not to repeat it. History doesn't need a divisive curriculum, uh, that, that uh, type of lens that uh, you put around it for people to come to grips with it. You don't need to view something through this divisive lens to help people come to grips with it. Anyone with a sense of dignity and morality would know that slavery and Jim Crow laws were um, amoral and wrong. You don't have to uh, basically bully people into thinking this. You don't have to attempt to, to wrong or right with more division and racism. History shows that this country, more than any other country on this planet, has put more laws in place right 
on up to constitutional amendments to rectify these historical wrongs. Those are the things that need to be taught. We need to be teaching the fact that, yes, America had done this in its past. Honestly, so have a lot of other countries, past and present. We need to teach those things. We need to teach that, yes, America had the, the amoral sin of slavery and Jim Crow laws, but you know what? We rectified it, and we continue to try and rectify it even to this day. As we see these wrongs, we are sensitive, and, and what this all does is makes us hypersensitive to it, but I think even before that, we were sensitive to these things. We know that we have to be maybe a little bit more vigilant because of it. We're a little bit more aware, and that's okay. We should be. We should be learning from that and looking through things uh, as... Um, within those those contexts of making sure we're we're promoting and making sure everything is equal for all not equity equal for all that's the lens we need to look through these things with now here's a thought what if i went and was had a, some powerful union like this and said that christian based curriculum was an irreplaceable lens with which we can view our difficult history what kind of reception would that get, I wonder? See how it changes when you just change a word within that statement. So, now, we all know that this is critical race theory, that it, this is divisive, it's not an irreplaceable lens, but you throw like a Christian, uh, let's throw Christian theory in there. How does that, you know, how does that change the reception, the perceived reception, I think? you know, is probably a better term to put it. How does that change it? What kind of reception do we get that on a, on a uh, countrywide level here? I think we all know what kind of reception that gets. Now, as I mentioned uh, before, and I think was to be predicted in this situation, both groups, both these unions, backpedaled on their positions. The NEA scrubbed its website of all references to their positions and votes and resolutions they took up on the teaching of CRT. Weingarten backpedaled and said CRT isn't being taught in schools. There's a reason that homeschooling numbers have doubled since the COVID outbreak. And this is according to census, the Census Bureau website. So this isn't just pulling something up. So for, for, all, uh, for all of you out there that that believe the government uh, is the has the answer to everything and is infallible. This this data comes right from the Census Bureau website. Homeschooling has more than doubled, from 5.4 percent of households in the uh, April 23rd to May 5th 2020 survey that the Census Bureau did last year, uh, last spring, to 11.1 percent in their fall survey that they held from September 30th through October 12th. Now, that number, in my opinion, is only going to grow as these teachers unions, and actually right on down to the school districts themselves, continue to ignore the parents and concerned community members and implement the sham that is CRT-based curriculum with all of its empty promises of equity, inclusion, and diversity. Parents will continue to keep pulling their kids out and finding alternative methods to educating their kids so they don't fall further and further behind. 
Now to wrap this up, if there ever was a time to get creative with how your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighborhood kids you care about were educated, now is the time. If you have no school-aged children in your life, now is the time to get involved with how the children of your community are educated and what it is they are learning, as it will eventually impact us all. Whether we have kids in school or not, what happens in those schools impacts us and our communities. It is time to pressure school administrators and the school boards on returning curriculum and instruction to teaching American values, to teaching American centricity. I don't I wouldn't expect to go to Japan and learn about Chinese or Korean or Russian uh, or, or, or uh, Russian, uh, you know, have a Russian-centric uh, curriculum there. I would expect it to be teaching Japanese-centric uh, uh, concepts and, and history. Why do we expect our American curriculum to be any different? We need to be teaching that. We need to teach American history as it is, warts and all, and what we have done and continue to do to re re rectify those wrongs of the past and how we continue to watch that to this day and ensure that those words aren't just empty words, equality for all, that we truly mean it, that what's written in our Declaration of, of Independence and, and uh, the Constitution is that we are all equal. Now, it is time that we fight this on two fronts. The first one, like I was alluding to earlier, get involved with your local schools and school boards, whether you have kids in them or not. The more community support that there is against this divisive curriculum, whether it's coming from parents or parents and it's even better coming from parents and uh, concerned community members. The more that these school boards see that there is support against these uh, divisive curriculums, the more these boards are apt to listen and do the will of the community, do the will of the parents and the community. I can't stress enough that what happens in schools affects us all, whether we have kids in that school system or not. We have to keep that in mind. We, As conservatives, we tend to, 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 to wash our hands of these things and say, well, I don't have any uh, kids in school and they're kind of leaving me alone, so I'm not going to be worried about it. That's how we got here. We can't have that mindset anymore. What happens in these schools affects us all, not immediately, but in the long term. We should all be curious as to how our tax dollars are being allocated and spent in the school system. And what it's being spent on? What kind of curriculum am I buying with the tax dollars that are stolen from me by the government and given to a school? I should be aware of that. I should have interest in that. And we should be vocal about how those uh, dollars are being spent when they are not lining up with our values. Secondly, if you have kids in the school system, it is time to get creative with their education. Now, I know not everyone is called to homeschool. Not everyone believes they can do it. And certainly, not everyone can do it because of their different life situations. I get it. 
I understand. I totally understand. But there comes a time when a decision must be made on how much you are willing to tolerate in terms of your child being indoctrinated, in terms of your child being exposed to not only this harmful, divisive CRT that's going to teach them that you know they should hate themselves, but all the other garbage that's being pushed, whether it be drag queen story hour or LBGT whatever's curriculum, how much are you going to tolerate the eroding of your values? How much are you going to tolerate the school instilling values in your children? And how much are you going to tolerate your child being dumbed down by a system that has no interest in actually educating them anymore on uh, anything of substance that's going to help them compete in a world stage. Now, schools are no different than sports teams or movie theaters, but in seats equals revenue. The less students in the schools, the more money the district, uh, the less money, sorry, the less money the district receives. Once students start leaving in droves, these districts will take notice. The revenue will drop. Homeschooling is the best option for having the most control over what your child learns and what values are instilled in your child. Homeschooling is becoming a more viable option as more and more companies are going to a hybrid model of working where you might have to be in the office a day or two a week uh, to just a straight remote working setup. What this means is that parents are now home more and have more ability and flexibility to teach their own children. Parents may feel that they are not equipped to be their child's teacher. To that I say, we live in an age where we have more access to more information and we have faster access to that information than any generation in human history. The only thing it takes to be your child's teacher is a willingness to learn yourself. That's all you need to be equipped to teach your own children. If you have that willingness to learn, and I'll add another thing, and a desire to instill your own values on your child instead of some government-run bureaucracy agency, whatever you want to call school district, that's what you need. Willingness and the desire. There have been many times my wife and I have researched things our kids have been learning or we've been trying to help them with. Because either we didn't remember it from our own school days, or we just flat out didn't know. I taught my son algebra a couple of years ago, and I didn't remember how to do some of the problems, some of the concepts. I'd been forever since I'd taken algebra, and it'd been a long time since I'd been out of college where I took college-level mathematics. 95% of what you learn there, and that's, you never use it. So it's kind of, it's locked in the brain somewhere, but it's, use, you know, kind of use it or lose it. You need a little help to recall, uh, to recall it from memory, right? So I studied his book, The Problems. I read his book, and I did some internet searches when the book wasn't unclear on how to actually do the problems and teach them, and we figured them out. That's all you need to do, the willingness to learn, the ability to research because we have it all at our fingertips. Now, if homeschooling is absolutely not an option, again, I get it. 
totally understand. Uh, everybody's situation is different. Then hopefully there's uh, your uh, school district or state has an open enrollment or school choice option that's available. If you live in a school district that isn't performing, you're going to a school or your kids are going to a school that isn't performing, pull your kids out and move them to another if you have this option. If you have the option to send them to a decent private school that teaches good American values and and um, and curriculum and instills those values of, of equality and justice for all, et cetera, like I said, it's time to get creative and figure out a way to, to pair back and send them there. Now, even better to this and what helps with kind of if you want to pull them out and send them to a private school like that is if your state has a law in place where most of the money they provide to said school district follows your child to the school district of choice, whether it be through open enrollment or, uh, or just a school choice program. Now here in Wisconsin, we have a few counties where we have voucher programs where that's what happens. These kids that are in these underperforming schools, the parents had the option to send them to a private school and the money through this voucher program follows them. It's a great school choice option. That's how it should be. Why should the, the failing school get the, you know, get the money and, and the parents have to you know, pay them enormous amounts out of pocket? Let's move that money with them. Money talks, and once these school districts start losing their funding, they must face whether they will dig into the reasons why their student population has diminished and continues to diminish, and they'll take steps to correct the trend. Otherwise, with the diminishing students in seats, they will start facing cuts in funding from the states, and accordingly, they will have to cut programs to account for those revenue losses, which will in turn potentially cause more students to leave those districts, further compounding the issue. I think we're at an a, a day and age where we have more, uh, more competition now than maybe we ever had in the past on school choices. We need to get creative and, and utilize those if you've got kids in school and homeschooling is not an option. We are at a point where some tough choices are going to have to be made. We have to fight this on both fronts. We have to be involved locally, fix our school schools by getting good conservative candidates on these school boards, and we also have to make it painful for the schools. We have to fight on two fronts. That means tough choices have to be made, and we have to make them for the long-term good. We have to keep a long-term perspective here. Remember, we didn't just get to this point overnight. It's been going on for decades. That's the mindset we need to have. Sometimes, in order to have that long-term good, we must endure short-term pain. Having that long-term mindset with regards to how we educate our children will have a lasting effect not only on our kids, we can flip that, will have a lasting effect on our kids, will perpetuate uh, this idea of American exce uh, exceptionalism and American centricity. So we'll have that lasting effect. We will also have a lasting effect on our communities as well, because we will be turning out well-educated, 
children who are ready to compete on the world stage and figure out ways that we're not sending our jobs overseas anymore and that we have uh, good research and we make sure America stays on the top uh, of the world standings here. Things worth doing are hard. And seeing that our kids receive an education free from bias and that teaches them how to think, not what to think, is one of those hard things worth doing. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles. I just posted a new one yesterday as well as other resources to help arm you with the knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Now through Wednesday, July 14th, take 20% off your entire purchase. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you subscribe to the show and left a positive review should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at Living with Liberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time. <laughs>